All right. It looks like we are on the air. Sesh, are you there? I'm here. Maria, are you there? That's right. All right, then in five, four, three, two. Hello, all you spry tubers, twitchers, and pod people out there. Welcome to the Could You Do It Better podcast, where filmmaker, gamer extraordinaire, and the behind-the-scenes awesomeness known as Sesh, and the writing and directing sensation known as Maria, discuss popular television shows and movies and answer the always controversial question of, could you do it better? Today, we will be discussing episode four of season one of Ryan Condal's House of the Dragon television series based upon George R. R. Martin's novel, Fire and Blood. And as for me, I'm Jonathan the Intern, and unlike our two experts, have no industry experience whatsoever. In other words, I'm much like Sir Kristen Cole, batted around by my employer like a play toy, constantly in fear for being outside my depth and station, and always worrying that today will be the day I must slowly and methodically strip off my clothes <laughs> just to find out I'm simply a last-second replacement for the first choice in hire, hot Dario Naharis. True words have never been spoken. <laughs> and now, to Sesh and Maria. back folks another week of house of the dragon episode four and we've got some fun in store for the audience today because we actually have some dissenting opinions this week which uh should make for a good good episode maybe we think um in any case uh spoiler warning uh in this episode we will be doing a detailed recap of episode four of the house of the dragon tv series that will indeed contain spoilers throughout. So if you haven't watched this episode and don't want to hear spoilers before you do, please feel free to put us on mute as you watch the episode, then re-watch our show afterwards. And that's how you double view counts. And now, on to the recap, as mandated by our legal department. Yes, our legal department. We begin with an episode of The Dating Game. Rhaenyra's bringing it with her smoldering shoulderless dress. But who will she choose? Will it be geriatric bachelor number one who fancied her grandmother, or pediatric bachelor number two, small in stature but proficient in killing Lannisters? Rhaenyra chooses to leave and will not get her year's supply of rice aroni. But wait! Rhaenyra hops aboard the good ship Lollipop, where she shares a lighthearted chat with bachelor number three, Sir Kristen Cole, who just so happens to be the person who invented surrounding oneself with truly terrible dating options to look better in your possible suitor's eyes. Surprise! Demon dragon attack! And nothing happens. <laughs> On to King's Landing, where angry Doctor Who shows off his new crown and his beauty parlor perm that he copied from Janice from down the street. Angry Doctor Who drops the hammer on Viserys. Viserys asks, Whoa, brah, since you're here, then who's, like, running the Stepstones? Damon confidently says, uh, well, the dead bodies of infidels. Idiots. Clearly, this entire family needs to stop breeding. And the brothers make up and throw a backyard barbecue. Ah, uh, yes. Angsty ex-besties talk between Rainer and Allison. Just what this show needed. Woe is the plight of women. But nothing gets besties back together like talking about bad dating experiences. Yay, BFFs forever! Onto <laughs> creepy Uncle Niece talk flirting time. Angry Doctor Who complains about his wife's uterus to, to Renera. <laughs> yep, 
That sounds like the family barbecues I'm used to. <laughs> Use of exposition is at an all-time high, as Renair explains why she doesn't want kids. On to the small council meeting, where we learn that the king's spurning of Corliss and Lena in favor of Alcent is leading to an alliance between Bravos and Corliss, creating quite the strong enemy for the crown. Also on News at 11, no kidding. Non-purposeful cut to Elson holding a fussy baby. <laughs> on to Rhaenyra, who finds a secret message tucked into her bag, showing her what, which statue hides the secret entrance into the Temple of Doom and the Cult of Kali. <laughs> Rain Deanna Jones gets in disguise as street beggar Jasmine, where she meets up with Damon, who takes her on a tour of the seedy underbelly of King's Landing. Which, apparently, is not unlike Moulin Rouge, just with less singing and no Nicole Kidman. Renera is like, best date ever. <laughs> On to King Viserys getting his sponge bath. Looks like he lost more than his pinky. Cut back to Rhaenyra and Damon, now watching the worst penny theater imaginable, where Rhaenyra learns her people don't consider her worthy of rule and openly jeer her character. And if I've learned anything from King's Landing... That's pretty much the only requirement for ruling. Intercut, Rhaenyra being taken to X-rated Cirque du Soleil, with the necrotic body of Viserys getting intimate with the near comatose Alicent. Damon brings Rhaenyra to an orgy, which she enjoys for some reason. <laughs> I can't get through this this week. Well, this is Game of Thrones, so on to the uncle-niece makeout time. But before we proceed to straight-up incest, Damon deserts her, leaving her there half-naked. Rhaenyra does the walk of shame home, where she jumps Sir Kristen Cole. It could almost be deemed romantic. <laughs> well, if it weren't for him being the rebound guy after a failed romantic attempt with her uncle. Of course, walks of shame are called just that because someone just might see you and tell a parent who's friends with your daddy what you've been up to. Over to Missaria and Damon, paying the kid who caught Rhaenyra and Damon, showing it was a setup all along. How shocking. The hand informs Viserys of his daughter's scandalous treachery, and the king calls him out for the ambitious, conniving, obvious schemer that he is. Whoa! Wait, where did this come from? The king sends him away to go to bed without his supper. Cut to Allison, angry at her bestie for not spilling the tea about her hot night with her uncle and instead having to hear it from her father. Rhaenyra smartly goes to the shaggy defense. It wasn't me. <laughs> and then Rhaenyra swears it on the memory of her dead mother. That not cool. Meanwhile, Damon gets called to the Iron Throne by his brother for his banking. He uses the best to keep it in the family defense, which in the history of mankind, has never worked. Damon then proceeds to ask for her hand in marriage. Worst proposal <laughs> ever. Viserys pulls his knife, which is an incredible feat, considering he has one and a half fingers at this point. Viserys tells Damon to go home. On to daddy-daughter talk time. The king tells Rhaenyra she will wed Laner Valerian to make things all good again. Rhaenyra agrees, but gives him the ultimatum that he must lop off his lying deceitful hand first. The king interprets this as thanking the hand for his hard work and asking for his stuff back, then sending the maester to his daughter with a nice, refreshing morning after tea. <laughs> End episode.
This episode is brought to you by Purely Protection. Do you wonder if you found the one caught between chastity and chastisement? Are you worried that that special someone in your life might succumb to the temptation of those free-range strumpets? Here at Purely Protection, we provide you with the finest quality full plate mail to protect your man's maidenhood. From made-to-fit cuirasses, pauldrons, sabatons, folds, and band braces, to custom jerkins and tunics with all the bindings, we make it nigh impossible for one to find themselves in an accidental romantic entanglement. In fact, if you can get your Purely Protection off in under 60 minutes, we'll send you a full refund, no questions asked. That's Purely Protection, where we're hard on for your manhood. Back to you, Session Maria. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Thank you for all of that. <laughs> no problem. No problem. You know, legal make sure we cover all our bases. We uh, need to keep... All, all the points. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Over. <laughs> uh, okay. So, first question, <laughs> does the intimacy or lack thereof in this episode drive the story forward? Why were we watching this? Just just, just ripping off the band-aid early. My question may just have a little attitude in it, but that's what it is. I want that attitude. <laughs> Sash, you want, to, you want to start us off? No, you go first with attitude. Okay. I think I'm the one that hated this the least. All right. All right. I'm, so. I'm, I'm, I'm hopping on it then. So <laughs> well, let's see here. <laughs> the whole purpose of this episode was to build up to getting the princess to agree to wed Laner, illustrate how Allison is essentially a captive queen on call, and show how Damon is bad, but not as bad as he could be, I guess. I don't think the precest was necessary. <laughs> I don't think watching Allison perform her duties under a rotting king was necessary. Unless they wanted me to see Rhaenyra as a liar, wannabe incestor, self-centered, potential rapist, and manipulator, and trash any glimmer of feeling I had for her wanting to take the throne, uh, maybe. I, my motive for watching the show is now purely to talk trash about it, since I have no vested interest in anyone being on the throne at this point. What a waste of time. <laughs> That's we, my thoughts. We need to, I mean, I do agree. We, we need to copyright the term precess. That is, that is, that is new. We can put that on shirt. No. Oh, no, we can't. No. Oh, no. Well, there's HR. See them already. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you you haven't been hate-watching? Because I think that's why I hated this episode less than you guys. I've been hate-watching this whole time. Oh. Like, it happened very early on. I'm like, no, the show is not it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, so I guess I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> You're 100% right with all of that. That is all, everything that happened, <laughs> and that is how I feel after everything, yeah. <laughs> Oh, but this is sometimes why I wish we watched together, um, because there was just this one well-edited look that Damon gave Ray Ray early on when he came back, where he perfectly conveyed a little something extra, if you know what I mean. Oh, oh, every, everybody knows what you mean, Sash. <laughs> right. Um, but this was, you know, before the episode finished and everything, this was very early on. Um mm -hmm. 
which was uh, not something I would have called in any prior episode at all. <laughs> like, they obviously had a strong bond and kindred spirit, but I guess <laughs> leave it to the Targaryens to get all weird and sexual with their kinships, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, I left last episode having no idea where any of this was going, but I really wouldn't, um, <laughs> I really wouldn't have been able to make this episode's plot points if I had, like, tried to guess them. Like, n- absolutely not. Like, I, this was all just from left field for me. <laughs> Other than her getting with Cole, which I, it's recorded, I definitely called that one at least, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, this episode felt like a, like a full time, like a full episode worth of, like, actual like B plot like there was actually kind of a through line and stuff that was happening I still isn't worthy of a plot kind of stuff for me but I mean yeah it's because the a plot still been non-existent like I still don't see the overarching like it's just her trying to get on the throne is that really our a plot um that's like kind of okay (sighs) like it's still lacking some of the important stuff um like moving the main plot forward are raising really any stakes like there weren't really any stakes raised with all these things that happened like everybody immediately found out like and then just like all right cool so just go back away and then drink this tea and we're done yeah. so i felt that it conveyed the intimacy as they intended it to where it's not really that heartfelt but where she where she took charge of it which i think was really the main goal of it rather than it being actually intimate. Like I feel like the instances in my opinion, like they, they quickly became redundant too. Um, but it did feel natural enough. And I don't really want to use the word natural, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I wasn't pulled out of the story and I'm honestly, maybe probably a little bit more interested to watch now that I finally got a small taste of what, you know, Game of Thrones actually was. It wasn't, you know, a highlight of the Game of Thrones series at all. You know, we got the brother sister. We got, yeah, all of that stuff. Um, and I'm less pleased that it's in our. Um, it's going to be a central plot point for our main protagonist. That's a uh, tough to do, especially since I haven't actually grown to like her yet. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, you know, it's 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 interesting that, that that you said that, Sesh, because you know when we've seen uh, basically this this covered before in Game of Thrones, like the stakes were just so large. Like this is you have in the first episode. A kid being kicked out of a window. Well, what would cause something like that? Oh, a queen is having an affair with her brother. Okay, you know, it, it, it's like, it makes sense. Like, like it's understandable. Even, you know, in uh, the scene later on where Cersei is sexually assaulted, you know, by Jamie, you know, in, in the set, that actually also still makes sense for the show. And, I, you know, it's just, I, I legitimately have no idea. You know, I really don't. Uh, because I, I'm deeply struggling to figure out what exactly the story is at this point. 
You know, it, it seems that the overall story is less about what is going on with the Targaryens and Westeros as a whole and more about the struggles of, of women in this setting. I mean, I guess. So from that perspective, yeah, maybe. I mean, showing how women are treated differently sexually than men and how there's a clear double standard when it comes to a lot of behavior does indeed continue to show women's struggles. But overall... Uh, this had absolutely no bearing or importance on anything else in, in the story, in my opinion. The sad part in, in all of this is that there are ways to effectively show the struggles of women in this setting in an intellectual and innovative way, and yet the show is using just such a heavy-handed expositional approach to it. I, I mean, for me, it's difficult to see much of, of any value in it. I, yeah. I, I mean, so for me, like, like, this is the part I disagree with you, Sesh. Like, I didn't see really Game of Thrones in this. Like, I saw topics that were broached in Game of Thrones, but I didn't see anything close to the stakes, the meaning, the reasoning for it. I mean, there's no real strong female character we can get behind yet. Like, Daenerys, oh, yeah. That Daenerys like, you could get behind her, you know? You could see her oh, struggles. Yeah. You, yeah, like it, for me, like I said, it's all, it feels like, okay, this is all just B plot stuff that's mm -hmm. like finally feeling flushed out. But yeah, there's still no A plot. And yeah, with the theme of women's suffrage throughout this, it's done so poorly. It's, yeah. it's so on the nose. There's no subtlety, nothing good about it. And yeah, I think, I think you pulled it. And I think that might actually be the main theme they're trying to make this whole show about, which is very not game of thrones right yeah right there were little obstacles but those again were you know Wolven. little things for the characters they were their own personal obstacles it wasn't yeah the theme of the show right right Very and, good point, and, yeah. and exactly like you can show that as b plot you can show that as c plot you can show behind the scenes where you're seeing emotion of people you're seeing what 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 the consequences of these actions are like mm -hmm. you just don't have to just keep swinging your hammer at this like mm -hmm. uh so speaking of swinging hammers <laughs> question number two does damon even seem to really want to be the king what does he want who wants to, who wants to start us off I, I i can start okay. with with this one you know and and the answer to me is i actually don't think damon wants to be king you know i think he just really wants attention and to be loved by all while also doing what he wants. Um, in episode one, he behaves like an absolute maniac. In episode two, he acts like a childish, spoiled brat. In episode three, he simply has a resting, brooding face the whole episode, <laughs> uh, taking idiotic actions. And here in this episode, he acts like the misunderstood emo boy who does things because they don't matter anyways. Uh, the the only thing that connects these crazy character changes episode to episode are that he just doesn't want to be treated as as a second son. Well, you know that, or the writers haven't collectively figured out how to write his character yet, which also could be the case. Like it it just seems that the mapping for Damon's character before the series started, uh, just for people who are listening. Often you want to map your your characters appropriately. Yeah, show what their arc is, show what they 
what makes them tick. Exactly. Their desires, their fears, you know, and it just seems absent for him. Like, like, or if it's done, it's being done episode to episode independently <laughs> by each writer on, on the staff because it, it, it's all over the place. Um, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and and piggyback what you're saying. I, I think Damon is going through the motions, but he does not seem himself interested in being king. Sure, he tries to force a marriage between himself and the future queen by getting her seen with him in the whorehouse, but eh, his attempt to negotiate with the king felt half-hearted and like that wasn't really what he was after. He's like, oh yeah, I can marry her. It's like, no, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> ooh, big sticks there. I I don't think Damon is after love or money or even fame. He seems to be waiting for something. Keeping him mysterious and broody doesn't work when there's no real way to see into his life past the moments where he is manipulating. I need the why so that I can decide if I care. Yeah. I do have a theory that when he went into the cave. The crab feeder is some kind of shapeshifter, killed him, and now it's the crab feeder acting like Damon. That's, that's, I'm yes, sticking, I'm the sticking crab with feeder that. is bad. <laughs> with everything else. <laughs> what you, what, what's your opinion? So, I mean, yeah, no, I, I feel the same. Like, all of a sudden, like this episode, despite the actions and how it was described for the reasons behind the actions, it, feels like suddenly he doesn't really want the throne. So I know it was supposed to be a serious scene, but with like him and the king, when the king confronts him about her and the, the night escapades, um, there was a part <laughs> where I laughed out loud. <laughs> like, uh, th this is when the king said, you don't lust for my daughter, you lust for my throne. <laughs> like, first off, how? Just being always okay with his kid niece, um, 
did a 180 there. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, okay, if, if we want to go real deep on this one, to Do bend over backwards for, for, <laughs> stop. <Sorry. it. laughs> Maria, you're banned. They finally gave us all the scenes we didn't even care to have, and we're going to not be mature about it. No, no. Uh, you know, we can go ahead and say, oh, you know, was Damon really playing for the throne? And then he was, he saw Rhaenyra there and, and he deeply regretted what he was doing. And that's why he left. And that's why he was hungover. He didn't care. Like, like if his brother who has like half a hand and, and maybe part of his back, you know, pulled it. Back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, you see, you see Masseria going ahead and paying off the, the, the kids. So it's obvious he was in on it, but maybe he regretted it. But, I mean, Game of Thrones would have done something like that just so much better. And, and, and a lot, it, it would be, I wouldn't say it would be more clear, like, like they, do, they did tend to guard people's participation in these events. But there'd be a lot more intrigue into what is going on, you know. There'd be build up to it. It would be over multiple episodes where it's like, oh, you remember what happened three episodes ago? Well, you know, it was actually this character. It just it felt it felt really really shallow to me. Even if you go that far, yeah, it doesn't feel like a setup. It just exactly. feels like some things happened. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that leads us to our next question. Would it have been better drama if the princess didn't go along with Damon and was falsely accused? Well, uh, I guess I'll take it again. <laughs> um, for, for me, uh, I, I'm going to say yes uh, to this one, but uh, I'd also like to see actual stakes here. Um, I think this would have gone over much better if there is a malicious rumor running around King's Landing about Rhaenyra and Daemon, and she's forced to explain herself in front of the king and council after the hand, via Daemon, gets several people to step forward, saying that not only is she having an illicit affair with her uncle, but she was blaspheming the king and leadership, uh, his leadership as well. Where you have the bulk of King's Landing and the council calling for her head, you know, and King Viserys must choose what course to take. You know, that I think could have led somewhere uh, as what was written just had so little value to the plot and so little stakes that I, I don't know why it was included in the script other than to have Matt Smith and Emily Alcock, you know, make out. I, I <laughs> don't, I don't know, you know, uh, maybe it was uh, in the HBO contract for, for green lighting, you know, to show that that would happen. But I, I just... I, I just don't know why the show didn't didn't start after yeah. this. <clears throat> that's that's a really good point in, in in that include more of the world judging her mm -hmm. um, to build the stakes. Uh, for me, I don't think it mattered because the king didn't let any drama take place. His reaction was so muted it was yawn worthy. He tells his brother his stay is over and sends his daughter abortion tea. That's his whole reaction. Okay, I mean. <laughs> 
if fire runs through Targaryen veins, he must have been born on a rainy day or something. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> assuming, <laughs> assuming he were to have reacted like a normal king and forced her into a tower or of isolation and burned his brother alive, then yes, it would have been more dramatic if she was actually wholly innocent. That's my thoughts. Yeah. And it's crib with a little yeah. water dragon. Out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, as it is, like, the Loch Ness. one, there was all the rumors are already, you know, it, it already happened all within encompassing like one episode rather than going from, you know, one episode, to episode number, the next one, whatever. Um, but as it is, like, everyone's like moderately, like, okay with it. Like, she got a little bit of a chewing out, but like, it would have been nice for like the rumors on this evening to spread a little bit and there'd actually be time for that and to see like some of those repercussions like it would have for example like it would have been really nice if like oh they'd maybe been hanging out and like they were spotted like a couple of nights like this other night they went to the bar like these you know sneak out like once a week and we see like a little bit of time lapse of this rather than just this one night so like the play for example that they were watching this could have had that rumor within it. Um, exactly. But like that kind of a missed opportunity there. Like yeah. the rumor would have been effective. Like even, I mean, even if like Damon never made a move and they weren't going in this way, like there still could have been those rumors mm -hmm. and that still would have been more interesting. Like we're going to see what's going to be more interesting is if I think she uh, did end up pregnant. I mean, likely with Cole's baby, I think. I don't know. It was only implied, but it maybe. Well, he got the ball, you know, Damon got the ball rolling. We'll see where it goes from there. But, yeah, I mean, unless she is pregnant. Uh, no, that, like, that that would be. That That is one thing that, that I could see. Okay, I see a reason for showing this episode, which is that... Um, it winds up she actually is pregnant, um, and they find out that at the uh, betrothal or wedding to Lainor. to, to Lainor, yeah. and everybody goes ahead and assumes that it's uh, that that it's the uncle, you know, and just <laughs> everything like like breaks loose, you know, because that that would actually make sense. I might actually, if that happened, upvote this episode a, a, a little bit from from where it is because I'd be like. Wow! All right, they finally set something up in this show, which is which is that, great. That would be a setup, and then instead of white hair and dark skin, or white hair and white skin, the baby comes out with white skin and dark hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Cole's done for. I think um, he's he's gonna he's gonna have some repercussions later. I think. <laughs> So on to our next question. Uh, the princess does not seem to care much about the populace. Why exactly does she want to be queen? Basic bland girl boss stuff. <laughs> uh, so for me, I have no idea why she wants to be queen, uh, what she wants as queen, um, other than the same thing that all the women want is just more respect. Uh, I just appreciate somebody finally giving her good leadership advice. And of course, I had to come from Damon all their night out. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, well, I, I find that what she wants to be is uh, looked at different than the other women and peers of her time in this world. Um, like since her mom's death and the life she had of 
just trying to pop out babies, quote, until she died, um, definitely had an effect on her. And so I think she very much doesn't want to live that life as a queen herself. Um, so, but besides just being different, I still don't have any idea what she wants other than maybe riding her dragon more often to be able to be a show of force. Um, but in, a, in just a very general sense that she just wants to not care about the traditions of uh, when you're born a woman which that's fine. But again, <laughs> I, I think that is what it is. Cause that I think is probably the theme of this whole show and it's not being executed well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think she cares about the ego of not wanting to be passed up, uh, wanting to feel chosen and important. Uh, but I, I think if she were a boy, even she would be a terrible King mm -hmm. because she lacks empathy for the people around her. I think she's just too young to know what she wants. She wants to prove the world a woman can do what a man can do, even if that means sleep with anyone she sees fit. That motive does not a ruler make, is my thoughts. Um, yeah, I, I'll I'll go uh, I'll go a little little deeper because I think they've set it up over over the past several episodes. But you know, overall, I I, I think she has no desire to be queen whatsoever. Um, you know, and in in fact, I think what the show is trying to to, to show here is that um, uh, that much like Damon, she just wants to feel the love and affection of her family and not be treated as some second uh, class person. Um, I do think that uh, the writers and the showrunners have clearly mirrored uh, Damon's and Rhaenyra's characters, such that in a lot of ways they have the same drives and desires and they both feel like they're unwanted and unloved to the point where maybe both believe that the only way they'll be able to get respect from people is by sitting on the Iron Throne, uh, which is what, what you two both yeah. said. You know, that said, uh, I agree with Maria. Rhaenyra has shown absolutely no traits of what would make a good leader. You know, she's selfish. She's angry. She's impulsive. And she has an unwillingness to negotiate, compromise, or, or seek counsel unless it's on her own terms. You know, she has no desire to strengthen her position, uh, family lines, or have offspring, and has a general unwillingness to do anything the position of, of <laughs> ruler requires, you know, at, at this point in time. So if she does actually want to be queen, I, I have no idea where that's coming from outside of, of wanting her father's respect. Which, again, I think this is the recurring theme of, of, of the show. Basically, people being passed over, whether for gender, whether because they're second born, but um, just general unfairness and how they deal with it. Yeah. I just don't understand why they don't show the kingship or the actual ruling to be more uh, appealing than it is. Because why does anybody want this? <laughs> Um, all right, moving on to the next question. Uh, does Damon's reasoning for sleeping with his niece normalize incest and cause harm to society? Is this hedonism or worse? Who wants to take this first? I mean, bleh, yes. Uh, <laughs> any of this ever conveyed positively in media is a form of normalizing it, which isn't cool in a sense. Um, but at the same time, I think with something portrayed as a taboo and not okay, even if simultaneously done, uh, it, 
it can't like as a wrong even if like the right characters are doing it um it can still send the message that this is not how things should be um i do find it extremely gross and terrible and i never want to make any projects with any positive lightning shine on this kind of stuff um but it's what game of thrones has done in the past so i'm not surprised or grossed out um just since I was sort of expecting something along this lines eventually in the show, even though it's been very lackluster so far. But it's also, you know, it's it's grossly what a lot of human history has done with monarchs. And it's gnarly and weird, <laughs> but we already had a previous episode where it was suggested she was, I believe it was her half-brother. Mm-hmm. So... It, I mean, I was prepared for the, the gross mindset already. Um, I do wish they portrayed this stuff um, with it being more disgusting and creepy, like they did with like the hermit in the woods back with the other show, who only kept his female offspring around. Yeah. You know, Guinea's dad? Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, all the, the I mean, I'm just going to say that we could sense those, but just like all the bitchy Lannisters um, and all of their own incest and stuff. Um, like, I expect this from the series. It's just, I mean, like I mentioned, like, it's just it's just not one of the highlights or draws of the show. It's just kind of there to just show you how far some of the characters will go. But it's not really the most effective highlight, I think. Yeah, for me, it made me very angry. Um, in spite of this being a fantasy with characters from different realms that have their own set of rules for right and wrong, we're taking this in as a society and we already live in a pretty disturbing world where there's human trafficking and disturbing elements all around us. I didn't appreciate I didn't appreciate it in Game of Thrones, but it is just downright horrific to see Damon reason it away like no big deal and essentially the king doesn't do much in response. I felt like with Game of Thrones at least there was fallout for their behavior. So, like, what does that tell creeps out there is what I'm saying. I feel like it gives a messed up, it gives messed up people a voice to do more messed up things and there won't be any consequences. That's what bothers me. It's like, okay, they portray stuff and it's like, okay, maybe that happened because that's what rulers did. But look at the consequences. But look at how messed up Cersei is. But look at how, you know, all these things. This is like blase laissez-faire whatever and the king's like yeah you know anyway <laughs> see you later like really yeah. or marry her off to her half-brother before you like, uh. yeah her toddler half-brother <laughs> like i gagged a little bit when that suggestion was made <laughs> like ah no <laughs> yeah i mean you know, this this raises uh, an even broader point or broader broader issue about you know where your first the uh, First Amendment rights start and end. You know, in terms of, of freedom of speech, freedom of portrayal, and in general, for myself, I'm I'm actually very very lenient when it comes to um, uh, uh, when when it comes to not allowing. Uh, uh, censorship, like like I definitely uh, believe that that most rights, you know, in regards to what you're portraying, uh, should be respected and allowed, and not and not downright censored, you know, um, when it comes to violence or when it comes to gore or it comes to sexually explicit stuff, you know, it's like I I think that for the most part it should be um, 
Uh, it should be generally uh, non-banned or non-censored. Um, but I do think there are some exceptions to that. And I think there needs to be a fundamental question there um, asked that whenever you do a show or art piece or literature or whatever it may be um, featuring, you know, your extreme violence or gore or sex or depravity, um, you know, it's does this have importance to the story or character definition uh, and progression of that character? Or is this here for no other reason other than than shock value? You know, and in this case, well, I definitely won't go as far as to say that scenes like the one between Damon and Rhaenyra are harmful to society, as I, I just don't have enough statistical information on the correlation between, say, seeing incestuous actions on television versus performing incestuous <laughs> actions um, in reality. Um, but I do know this absolutely added nothing to the script and was simply there to shock people. Um, and I'll even further the point with this. I would actually say in general, um, having violent video games, you know, having explicit music, um, uh, showing uh, violence or gore in movies, uh, probably, I, I would almost wager that it actually has an inverse relationship uh, to people committing uh, these, these actions. Um, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, when you consider the nature of the actions of an uncle carrying on uh, sexual relationships with their underage niece, who they basically groomed since birth, it does, in my opinion, seem to have a wanton disregard for predatory behavior and sexual deviancy we unfortunately see take place all too often in society, as Maria said. You know, and quite frankly, I, I do think it's an awful taste and served absolutely no value to this episode or the show in, in general. And so while I won't say that it normalizes this type of behavior, I do get the feeling that people who engage in this behavior already uh, will sadly find justification for their actions in this episode. And I, I just don't think that's something a screenwriter showrunner would, would find acceptable. Like... So I'm not saying this should be censored. I'm just saying there should have probably been a little bit more care, I think, taken with this to say, why is this necessary? What are the stakes of this? Where are we going with this? Then we're, then we're taking this episode. Well said. Well said. All right. Oh, moving on to our next question. Got to recover. Okay. <laughs> is chalking up bad behavior to having the blood of dragons an excuse to ignore poor parenting. How would you have responded to finding this out about your daughter? Who would like to take this first? I can go. <laughs> I, think, I think people like to make excuses for bad behavior uh, that they know they could change if they worked hard at it. However, I missed what you said. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah we can you hear you. Did we lose you for a second? Yeah, you lost me for a second there. Internet popped oh. out. I was, uh, am I interrupting? Were you in the middle of yours? Oh, I, ju I just started. I just started. So uh, I'll, I'll keep going. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh, Sash, Sash were, were you trying to say something on, on the last uh, the last question or this one? 
Um, I mean, I was going to push back a little bit on some of the stuff you said, um, just, uh, you know, they've done studies and I mean, I'm somebody who I've obviously played violent video games and I like my violent movies and all of that. Um, but at the same time, sometimes the wrong thing, um, is something that the wrong person sees and it can affect them. I think this is just really cheap gimmicky stuff where, we obviously know once the people behind Game of Thrones stop having their handheld um, with the story and where things should go, they really dropped the ball. And I feel like this kind of choice was one of the decisions that they would have made, you know, like, a oh, look at the Lannisters, the incest couple. I bet we could make a whole show based on that. <laughs> and they kind of missed the point that that wasn't like the thing people liked about them. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I mean, I, I we'll talk to the showrunners about that, but yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you heard our next question. Did you? I can. So our next question is: Is chalking up bad behavior to having the blood of dragons an excuse to ignore poor parenting? How would you have responded to finding this out about your daughter? All right, so I'm going to go. I I think it's a cop-out, and it only gives the people exhibiting the behavior um, excuse to continue acting as they please. Oh, I just murdered all those people because of the darn dragon's blood I have. You know, the king has no idea how to raise children or run anything. He is not even strong enough to say no to sitting in a chair that is rotting away his body. Um, if... <laughs> If Renera were my daughter, I would sit her down and ask her, what about her uncle so attracted to her? Was it the danger element? I would ask her why she wants to be queen and how she sees herself as a person. Mm -hmm. I would really want to hear where she is at on her self-worth to feel the need to pine for her uncle and risk her entire reputation and seat in line for the throne for mm -hmm. it. I would probably also have Damon vaporized by as many dragons I could gather. Right, there it is. Okay, I was waiting yeah. for that. <laughs> yes. Good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm going to bring up the line again. Um, so you lust for my... Oh, no. Oh, unfortunately, it looks like Sesh is having some, some internet problems. Uh, so... Oh, there we go. Oh, here we go. Back. You're back. Oh, yeah, you're back. Yeah, um, so I brought up the line again, the you lust, <laughs> you don't lust for my daughter, you lust for my throne. Why, WTF, what is that question? <laughs> Why is that what he is asking? What is he actually mad about? <laughs> like, which of those two issues actually has him more mad? <laughs> mad at somebody else wants his place on the throne that he got? he was the only one that was born male is that really what he's fighting for that he's angry about that somebody else wants like he really doesn't like seeing either people work for you know what he has because other people seem to be ambitious oh god he seems to hate that man uh yeah like it's like it's, it's he's just done a good job raising his daughter the one peer and person she had that she could bounce ideas off of grow with and be friends with is now his baby making machine and he's not had a second thought about that at all like it's really like ray ray is acting out understandably 
a new way every single different week. And over what, this is now six years. And we know she's been acting out every week that entire time. Like, I was hoping for a lot more from him after last episode. And they had a little bit of a moment of camaraderie and, you know, him respecting her a little bit. I mean, it's, I'm sure hard to do that after this, but like, it's still, (laughs) it's just so clear. She needs a conversation with an adult. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, she, she absolutely would need a talk to you or everything. I echo everything you said, how to handle it. Um, Like, yeah, Damon should be vaporized. Uh, She, she, (laughs) she needs a very strong talking to about how, you know, the, the danger element is just. Yeah, like it's just so obviously it's just a danger element for her, and that's just a sign of somebody acting out. Yeah, you know, the sad thing is I, I don't even think Viserys understands how, how terrible a father he's been. You know, while I, I don't think your blood or ethnicity justifies bad behavior, I do feel that terrible upbringing uh, does indeed excuse some poor decisions. You know, for example, if you weren't raised to understand right from wrong and only taught viciousness and, and cruelty... It'd be difficult for me to say that the person is entirely to blame for their behavior. And I would wonder how the person might behave if brought into a positive and, and loving environment. Mm-hmm. As for how I would have handled this as Viserys, you know, the first thing I would have done is actually similar to, to the king. Ask how the hand got his information and who his source is. You know, but based on Otto's response, uh, two things uh, wouldn't have flown with me right away. First, you're saying this based on the word of a secret source? You wish to stay secret from the king? What exactly gives you that power or right? I mean, heck, just suggesting that to a king sounds sketchy and treasonous to me, you know? And then second, you're saying you question multiple people about this, furthering this rumor before bringing it to me immediately under extreme discretion despite knowing the damage this could do both to her and the crown, that for sure could be construed as treason. You know, after that, I'd go to Rhaenyra's bedchamber alone to speak with her, tell her that people are insinuating rumors about her, and to just please be honest as possible with me about what happened last night so I can get her side of the story and sort fact from fiction. You know, and I'd go so far to promise her that no matter what she tells me, I'll protect her so long as it's the truth. Uh, The hilarious thing about all that is she'd probably tell me about her night with Sir Kristen Cole, and I'd likely be losing my mind (laughs) while while pretending to stay calm. Then then say, say, wait, so you didn't sneak off to the brothels with Damon? No, totally did. Yeah. she'd be embarrassed and tell me about how she snuck off to the orgy with him and my brain would just be melting out of my out of my ears and i i <laughs> and i really think about how my life got to this point is there anyone else <laughs> yeah and, and then somehow you know i managed to say i i don't even know how i i'd be basically catatonic at this point but uh, so, um, in other words, officially, nothing happened last night between you and Damon. And she died, uh, yeah. And I'd say, okay, okay, I appreciate you telling me the truth. 
just please, before you make these risky, life-changing choices in the future, just, you know, maybe come to me, drop by, talk to me about it first. Yeah, can I, I have a map? No. No, no, you can't. <laughs> you know, I'll go ahead and listen in a totally judgmental, well, I'm sorry, non-judgmental fashion. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and and we'll go to there. You know, I, I tell her, I tell her I love her and ask if there's anything I can do for her. She just wants to talk, you know, and find out how interested she is in Kristen and if he's a good guy, you know, then I leave, bash Damon's head in and uh, putting him in a cell deep, deep, deep <laughs> underground. Um, uh, he's, he's not getting out of that cell ever. <laughs> Nobody is finding out about that cell. That's my special personal cell. <laughs> and, you know, I go along, execute the hand for treason, because I'd be like, listen, he said an unsubstantiated rumor to like half the people in this court, which clearly was not true and not the case. Uh, and I do have clear and concrete evidence that that did not happen, you know? And uh, I summon Sir Kristen for some private sparring practice. Uh, where I get to ask him all the kinds of fun questions that dad asks their daughter's boyfriends that scare the living heck out of them. Uh, then I'd go back to my room, stare at my miniatures, <laughs> and uh, just, you know, look blankly into space for probably the next uh, few days as I get a couple vitamin C transfusions. <laughs> and, and call it a night. So that would be me. And oh boy daughters <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> all right well that wraps up our our questions for the evening we do have our final big question but of course before we do yes. let's check out uh, whether we have any questions oh, from our listeners out there or audience so going ahead and uh reading um Oh, what an intro from Bear UNLV. Thank okay. you, Bear. We appreciate that. Um, uh, thank you for uh, listening and joining to us. Uh, joining us. Uh, it sounds like, uh, or it looks like, on the different venues. Uh, no questions uh, tonight for today's episode. So let's uh, continue. Continue on to uh, yes. the final. Yes, it was an impressionable episode, huh? <laughs> <laughs> We're on to ratings, and I'm at, I'm asking, would you continue to watch? We're bringing that question back this this episode. <laughs> uh, Tess, do you want to get us started on your thoughts? I mean, it definitely was lacking a lot, but I kind of think it was well done for what it was. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe more so than other episodes. Um, it still, you know, was completely missing some big parts, but I think. There was a little bit more subtlety here. It was a little bit better crafted. Um, I'll, I'll push this to a better rating than I give the other episodes. I think that is currently um, probably like a six out of ten. Um, but I haven't retroactively lowered my, all my ratings yet, so <laughs> keep that in mind. Um, <laughs> uh, like this one's only like two points better than any of the others at best and those ones should probably actually be like rated two instead of four um but yeah there's still just it sucks in a way 
I, I knew it would. Like, there's, it just still feels like there's no A plot. Like, there is no main plot here. Like, this episode probably wouldn't have real repercussions, weirdly enough, um, unless our main character had some completely uncharacteristic 180 and actually chooses not to rid herself of the child and the consequences of her actions. Um, if she is pregnant, that would be interesting, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But it would also be really terrible writing because that is just not the character they have made her out to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, as much as I'd like to see it, it's just it would be very wrong, um, especially since the choice they, they did give her a choice. Um, so right right after this episode, I, I was happy with it, okay with what it you know with what it was. Um, just again, I've been hate watching and I have very low expectations. Um, but the more I've been sitting on it, the less I like it. I, I still don't know where it's all going. Like I imagine we could just Google search, you know, Danny Targaryen's ancestry and know where this is going, <laughs> and there won't be anything else interesting. Like, ooh, did she or didn't she with her uncle? Like, how long, how far back does the incest go with the Targaryens? And that, that's going to be the main plot points. So. <laughs> Yeah. I'm a hate watcher, so I guess I'll continue. <laughs> you guys make me. <laughs> that That's her Google search right there, Sesh. <laughs> exactly when did incest start for the Targaryens? That's it. That it is might exactly be a common question. It, <laughs> it might be. It could be about. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, uh, uh, I appreciate you, Sesh, for, for lightening up this uh, this review. I I want to point out, by the way, to anybody who's new watching our, our show, like we we don't do this where we just negatively pan shows. Like like this is not us. Like like honestly, we like finding the good in in shows and talking about that and saying, wow, what great writing, what what good directorial choices here. So uh, you know, it's it's with this. I I don't even know what what to say at this point because I. I agree. I have no idea why why House of uh, the Dragon, you know, first of all, had these first four episodes uh, and, and decided to, to make this one. Like, it does nothing for the story. It features some of the most expository dialogue for the series, which sadly is saying quite a lot. And somehow it managed to subvert even the meager intrigue it attempted to introduce within this episode you know it's yeah. like oh yep. interesting a secret note to Rainero. what's going to happen to her you know oh nothing <laughs> so you know it's, it's i just yeah i i don't know you know the character writing it's just all over the map uh you know it isn't consistent from episode to episode the dialogue in a lot of ways is very simple and and soulless you know, and the characters are primarily one-dimensional. We haven't even seen a glimpse of of what motivates or drives these characters uh, uh, yet. Aside from you know that surface level, most base of human desires, and I, I again, I I don't know why the show needed these first four episodes why not just start then right before the rhaenyra Lenor wedding you know introducing uh the plot lines and the hooks through those scenes and you can draw that out over a few episodes as people prepare and get ready for it um because i i just don't see these four episodes adding much of 
anything to the plot line other than elementary history uh, that could have been stated or not even stated, you know, and you introduce just the characters right there. For example, in Game of Thrones, when uh, they're showing uh, uh, King Baratheon and Lannisters, you know, visit uh, visit the North, you know, and Bran getting kicked out of window, they didn't do a deep explanation of like the narrative and the history up to that point. You know, they just went in and you're like, whoa, what is this show that I'm watching? You know, and overall, uh, this has, you know, and I'm sorry to keep comparing this to Game of Thrones. This is a different show, you know. Yes, but. <laughs> right. You know, I just, you know, this has been for me an incredibly disappointing viewing experience. Um, and I, I don't see how this show, based off of the writing that it has, the plot lines that it has, the character writing and the mapping that it has, I, I don't see how it could have possibly been picked up if it wasn't for the Game of Thrones branding. Like this is, this is simply put, not a good show. And you know, I, I like saying some positives, you know, so from what I saw, the positives of this episode uh, were the acting performances, especially of, I thought, Patty uh, uh, Considine as, as Viserys, I think, did a good job. I think Millie Alcock did, did, did a very good job in this. And I think uh, Matt Smith, until the very end, did, did, did a very good job in this. You know, I, I understand why they went in that direction, but I would have liked to see something more out of his character instead of, you know, just passed out, like getting manhandled by, by the king. I'd like to see him basically at that point just be depressed, you know, and just not putting up a fight. Like you see that he could fight the king if he wanted to and him just getting beaten by, by the king because he knows he was... Like he knows he was wrong. He he actually wants to be punished, you know, and just the king never doing it. And it explains <laughs> things, you know. And, uh, you know, I thought the cinematography was very good. Uh, I thought the costumes were very good. But but honestly, that's about it. So I, I might be overly harsh, but I judge uh, the writing, the dialogue, uh, the characters and the plot a lot more than I do cinematography and, and costumes. Uh, so. I, I have to give this episode, I've never given a show, an episode uh, a grade this low. I'm, I'm giving it a 2.5 out of 10. Uh, this is this is a solid F for me. And uh, if you're watching the show, I honestly would bet that in a few episodes, if you skip this episode, you wouldn't even even know that you missed anything. You'd have no clue. Skip the first five episodes. <laughs> yep. And hopefully, hopefully yeah. the sixth episode, it'll finally feel like, okay, now we're getting somewhere and going somewhere. And all of this crap could have just been backstory that'll come up later if it's relevant. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, for me, this was a negative one. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm just, I, it, may, it, it got me angry. Like best episode I've seen is a three. <laughs> Rereading it. <laughs> uh, the storytelling was perverse and pointless to me. Everything that was set up could have been completely skipped. We could have opened this whole episode, like you said, on mm -hmm. her getting married, already getting ready to marry uh, Lainor, and nothing would have been lost. If you wanted to do the struggles with like her unresolved feelings for Damon, it could have been a... Firstly, we could have shown that the king was somewhat smart by first introducing her to all these frogs and then bringing Laner on board. And she's like, oh, he's not so bad. Mm -hmm. 
And so mm-hmm. she's kind of on board with this. Maybe he does something or shows that he's just as weak as her dad and Damon swoops in and saves a day and now she's conflicted. Like, well, now I really like it. You know, you could do something to make her character a little more... Have something. <laughs> and yeah, it actually would have been nice to have, like, I mean, at least a little something between them where they got along. Like, bring up the Lannisters again. Like, I mean, we see early on, like, they just are doing what they're doing. But we also very much see that they found a way to care for each other. And it's not just gnarly lust. It's just yeah. gnarly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like have a, a real reason for it past I'm just bored or, or, or something. Um, Acting out. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly do not want to keep watching this show. Whoa. <laughs> But I am making the sacrifice for the audience. <laughs> we gotta have one series that we just all hate every episode of. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna put my money on us not actually really liking any of these episodes. <laughs> not one episode. Is it only ten episodes? Please tell me. I don't only know. 10. We need to look that up. Oh, I uh, hope it only goes to ten. Like you said, I do give a nod to the cinematography. That was beautiful. The way they set up the scenes was gorgeous. Um, it was nicely done. It still did seem, though, that the contrast was still muted mm-hmm. and, and, and low and dark and things like that. But the story did not do the camera work justice, which was really sad. Because you could, sell, you could tell that a lot of thought was put into um, how the scenes would look and flow and the shots and everything. That was, that was beautiful. So I'm not trying to diss that. However, I just didn't like the message it was giving. This is just going to end up being my favorite episode, specifically just for the one line and Damon's reaction. <laughs> I swear, just go back and rewatch it. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, we have a, a comment. Yeah, yeah we, do, we do have a, a comment. Um, I've been enjoying the critical outlook since most of the other folks I've watched or listened to Praise it very much. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I, I appreciate that because I'll, I'll be honest. We've talked about this this privately um, uh, off screen, where we were not quite understanding why everybody is is just so in love with with the writing of the show, and and we're not trying to be jerks. We're not trying to be mean. Like like this is somebody's somebody's creative process, creative writing, and uh, I mean we're just not getting it because it doesn't follow the patterns of, of what would make a show uh, good, you know? Um, it doesn't seem particularly innovative. It, it doesn't seem particularly clever or inventive, you know? It doesn't set up the characters at all. It seems like no time was spent there. And it, it's just really surprising to me because I would have figured for the show, like, yeah, I, I didn't expect it to be as good a, as, as Game of Thrones. Like, it's a sequel. But I... I figured that they'd at least have have the characters in order, you know, the writing like like better, like some some intrigue. This is just yeah. it's very strange to me. Yeah, it's and very, very strange, strange the response. I find it very strange too. I, I think it's, I haven't read a lot of the really much of the positive reviews or anything. I'd be curious to get into it, but I really do suspect that it's uh, just nostalgia for the way something looks rather than feels, mm. and um, a lot of. I do find, you know, when something does come out, um, you give it time and it fades away if it wasn't good. So I think there's a lot of like the um, recentism 
So like, you know, you, oh, this is, this is my favorite movie. I just watched it. Give them two months. And then suddenly that's not their favorite movie anymore. Um, so it's just what's, you know, the freshness of it. I think um, people probably are getting into. And I do feel like the way it looks is it is very uh interesting it is very nice to you know see more costumes and more hairdos and more areas of the world and that kind of stuff all over again but um that those again like for me those weren't like the key reasons why i was into it um like i'm i'm definitely a story character person those are the things i like the most and this is lacking in those things Whereas, you know, the original series wasn't lacking in those things, and it also had all this other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have another comment. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, good morning to you, uh, uh, Chris. Thanks for uh, watching the show. Um, and yeah, I absolutely appreciate it. And uh, Barry UNLV uh, again says, uh, I'm curious to see how much more time skips they do. It's definitely been quite jarring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, I... 2,000 years into the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, like like episode nine, we'll already be past like the Game of Thrones arc. Maybe that that's that's the sequel to it. Three years in the future, they've been talking about. It's like redoing the final episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's it it is. Um, uh, I will say one of uh, you know, I've I've gotten to learn more about uh, 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 writing. Uh, by being around uh, Maria, being around Sash, and seeing, you know, what what they say, and one of the things that that they do very much get on you about is is, is time skips. Um, uh, you generally that's a giant no no, and uh, to do it so frequently, it, it's it's just ridiculous. I think at least in this episode, it at least seemed that the time skip wasn't wasn't much. You know, he was the king of the narrow sea. He he came over like a little bit. It seemed like like I don't know a year, maybe six months. I'm not sure. I mean, she, she the Allison had a baby. Yeah, she did. So, but uh, yeah. you know, and then they're they're shown again. We're going to be skipping another like like three years or two years or something really short. And all while they sandbag the drama, every single yeah, potential moment of drama, they they get rid of. They're like afraid of it. I don't understand it. It's very weird to see that. Like, they absolutely do sandbag the drama. And it's, I'm really struggling to find, like, why are any of these characters' stories important at all? Yeah. Like, what does any of this have to do other than just this is the bloodline of Daenerys? And why does telling these stories of this particular bloodline 200 years prior matter at all? Like, what happens in this era? that's important or relevant at all to anything later on down the road or that's even just interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, again, uh, you know, that's one of those things that I think uh, uh, could be argued about, but uh, as, as you well know, it's whoever gets the script in and it gets approved and goes through the process and, you know, it gets greenlit, but it does make sense that either going to a sequel to game of Thrones, which I actually think is the wrong move uh, quite frankly because i don't think it'll live up to the original um or do a prequel but deal with say like the doom of valeria or something like that would have been uh been been a little little bit bit better yeah. i've heard of the short prequel where you know we 
we get revealed this or we see the in-depth story of the stuff that was you know later on revealed in the original series um you know like john's mother and all of that and seeing the more yeah. in-depth side of it and i think you know obviously they have such a rich history with that era they could have done it so i'm just really curious what's going on with this era that makes it important at all like i still can't figure it out yeah um Anyway, though, uh, it looks like we are already about 11, 12 minutes past where, uh, where we normally, uh, uh, normally end, uh, and uh, uh, we're glad uh, to get some conversation uh, with you guys, the audience, and uh, we're, uh, we're glad, uh, glad that you enjoyed it. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, just thanks for watching to, uh, till the end. Uh, we do really appreciate uh, all your support and uh, we're hoping uh, again that we brought uh, some intelligent conversation and uh, hopefully some laughs as well uh, tonight outside uh, the depression. Um, and it's uh, it, it really is. It's uh, it's your support that uh, that makes this worth it. So um, if you like the show, please uh, like, share, subscribe, uh, hearts, and uh, if you hated the show. Uh, please make sure to like it twice uh, because that that does really show us. We track that independently, and um, uh, you know we uh, we know what makes a better show in the end. So um, our next uh, episode uh, will be Monday, September twentieth, uh, at again eight p.m. Pacific time, eleven p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Um, so until next time, could you do it better? <laughs> <laughs> All right, night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>